This just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sand Productions production. Welcome to the Autism Warriors Podcast, episode 34. This will only hurt a bit. Taking your ASD child to the doctor and or hospital. You can check us out on our website at autismwarriors.com. Our G plus account is gplus.to backslash autism warriors. Our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. Our Twitter is Say It Prods. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash autism warriors. We're here live every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review our show. And just to let you know, we respect and uphold the rights of people to make choices concerning their family member with autism, whether it be vaccinations, therapies, or and or medications. I'm Erica Plord. I'm mother of two children on the spectrum, Cassidy 10 and Garrett 9. And I'd like to introduce my co-host, Pamela Mari. Pam, how you doing? Good evening. I'm definitely getting a new headset because I can't stand this breaking up. I can't hear. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> so, but anyway, I am mom to Joey. He's 14 years of age and he too is on the autism spectrum. Yes, he is. Anyway, first off, we'd like to talk about our Zach Picto of the week. Zach Browser's support forum is now available at zachbrowser.com backslash forum. President and CEO John Lesure also said we are currently updating Zach Social with a new interface, more options, easier pagination, etc. Please stay tuned as we have tons of work to do. We will email you when Zach Social is back online. So we're going to get an email and then we'll let you guys know. Um, Pam, I have one resource. It looks like you have two resources. Mine is totally unrelated to the show, but you had shot it over to me on Facebook. And it's potty training. Elmo has an app for that. (laughs) I thought it was cute. (laughs) I think it's cute, too. I wish it, you know, I wish Garrett was that age where Elmo, you know, where he liked Elmo. But I think if Elmo called and said, hey, it's time to go to the bathroom, Garrett would probably say some sort of foul make some sort of obscenity towards Elmo and hang up on him. But Sesame Street is earning raves for an app that allows parents to schedule video and audio calls from Elmo, who will ring their child to enforce everything from bedtime to bath time, exercise to potty training. I guess it was launched in the winter, and the winsome character has made 30 million simulated calls, deftly pulling toddler's strings in a move from puppet to puppeteer. But anyway, check out that link in the in the show notes. So you had some resources? Well, this I found this one surfing based on the, you know, the oh, the theme of the show. It's courtesy of Autism Speaks. It's two sets of helpful advice 
tools on how to cope with taking your, your child with ASD for a blood draw. And they have, uh, it's called the Blood Draw Toolkit for Parents and Practitioners. One gives, you know, the rundown for parents on what they can do, and the other one is aimed at the phlebotomist or the nurse or the doctor, whomever's going to draw the blood. Different, uh, just maybe a different needle or a different uh, apparatus they can use to apply to the child before they do it to make it a little less stressful for them. So I thought that was really cool. And the second one is one that I have read a long time ago, never thinking I would need it. Uh, It's called Surgical Anesthesia and Autism, and it's courtesy of the Autism Research Institute, and it's relatively detailed and good information on different types of medication used to anesthetize a child and which ones uh, are somewhat recommended for kids on the spectrum. So I, I found it very helpful, and that's at the Autism Research Institute. Oh, okay. Well, right now I'd like to talk about sponsorship. Um, Do you have a website, Twitter account, blog, or product you want to tell the world about? You can sponsor an episode of this podcast or any other show at Say It Productions for only $5. Head on over to sayitproductions.com backslash sponsor to purchase your spot. So now we're on to the topic of the week. This will only hurt a bit, taking your ASD child to the doctor or hospital. Not many things strike fear in the hearts of autism parents, like having to take your ASD son or daughter to the doctor, dentist, or worse. The hospital... (laughs) Tonight we will talk about some tricks... Tips and tricks and pointers to help make these necessary experiences not so much of a trauma for you and, more importantly, your child. That's, that's what happens when one person writes the script and the other one reads it. <laughs> I, yep. meant to Pre- fix, I meant to fix that, but I forgot, so oh, that's you okay. you figure out that pregnant pause there I put in there? Okay. Uh, things to do in advance, if possible. And again, if possible. You can explain to your child where you are going. Example, we're going to Dr. G's office. Explain when you are going. We're going to the doctor's tomorrow after you get out of school. Explain why. We're going to the doctor's because you have a sore throat, fever, upset stomach, etc. Explain what will happen there. Probably one of the more important ones. Dr. G will look in your ears. He will look down your throat with the light. The nurses will weigh you on the scale. The nurses will take your temperature. Explain the variables. We, have, we may have to wait, and you know how much fun this is. But they will call us when it is our turn. There may be other children. They're waiting also. If it's too noisy for you, we can go in the other waiting room. Highlight good points. When we're done, Dr. G will give us some medicine for you to take and will make you feel better. Call on past experience. You remember when we went to Dr. G's because you had a virus and he made you feel better? Try to, again, like with any transition or any change, the, the more information you give, the better prepared everybody will be. Erica, do you want to do dealing with staff members? Sure. I was imagining I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're going <laughs> to. 
Dealing with staff members, don't hesitate to remind nursing staff that you have an ASD child. I'm sure they can't always remember your child. If your child is anxious when you arrive, you might say to the staff, could we possibly be put in an exam room now for both the benefit of my child and the other patients? He's very anxious and might get loud. Remind the staff. Doesn't... It never hurts to remind staff about ASD and tell them how to approach your child. You could say he doesn't like to have his hair touched or you will get a better response if you explain to him what you are about to do. A friend recently suggested that you create, print out, and carry multiple copies of sheet telling medical personnel little things about your child that would help to prevent meltdowns and give them to medical personnel at the beginning of the visit. And tell the truth, telling the truth about the medical procedure. Another dilemma, do you tell your child exactly what is going to happen or do you downplay it or even lie regarding a procedure? Surgery, testing, painful procedures, etc. From families.com, parenting special needs children. Um, making a hospital stay easier for your child. If your child is able to speak and comprehend the procedure, be willing to answer her his or her questions and don't be secretive. A child can usually sense when something is being hidden from him or her, which will cause even more confusion and fear. Be upbeat while being honest. Yes, you will probably feel some pain afterwards, but we'll get you lots of rest in your favorite movies. Personally, I've found that whenever I try to minimize what will be a difficult experience for one of my kids, it backfires. He later becomes angry with me. You said this when it hurt, etc. And then it feels to him as though I betrayed or deceived him when I only intended to decrease the amount of fear. Honesty is the best policy. Now, when I'm done with this paragraph, obviously this is a good point to get your your take on this and my take and and see if you believe that that is the way to go. Because as I wrote here, I cannot, cannot say that dur- during Joey's path to corneal surgeries, I followed this suggestion. I told him they were taking him to the OR for an x-ray. Why? Because he had x-rays before and he was not afraid of them. So did I lie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> was this right? Who knows? I believe you have to make your own decision based on your understanding of your child's functioning level and comprehension of such things. These decisions, decisions, again, come with making the best decision you can for your child at the time. In retrospect, you may decide otherwise, but go with your gut instinct about telling all the details. So, Erica, the question to you is, do you think that that person uh, that wrote in that Parenting Special Needs Children's article was correct? Should you divulge everything, or should you, as I did, tell a white lie? I I think it depends on the level of functioning and understanding of the child. And you know you know Joey the best. And you know what's going to upset him. And I'm sure if you told him he was having surgery and they were going to go poke and prod his eye, that he would have flipped out and he would not have wanted to go. And he would have had a meltdown. So I don't think that there was anything wrong with you telling a little white lie about the x-ray. For Garrett or Cassidy, I tell him like it is. <laughs> well, why are we going to the doctor? Well, Garrett, you have a rattle in your chest. You hear it. We think you might have a cold or bronchitis or something. We're going to the doctor. Well, am I going to get a shot? I don't think so. 
we're just going to have him listen to your chest. And that, you know, we the, we went in December and it turned out that Garrett had allergies. So he gave him a nose spray to clear out the post-nasal drip. I said, well, what's going to happen with the, with the, you know, chest gurgle? Never went away. So we had to go back to the doctor. He's like, am I going to get a shot? And I'm like, no, why would you get a shot? We're going about your allergies. Seriously? You know, or if I know they're going for a physical, am I going to get a shot? I said, it's possible. I said, I don't know. But if you, if you do, I'm right here. They're going to poke your finger with a poke your finger with a needle and pull some blood out. That's not that bad. Oh, mom, I don't want them to do that. Well, too bad. They got to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't hold back with my kids. I'm, I'm a hard, hard, hard person. <laughs> if, it, if it were something more invasive. If it were something more invasive, well, well, I was going to get into that in a little in the show. If there was something more invasive, I would definitely be honest with Cassidy, with Garrett. I don't know how I would react with him because it hasn't happened, but I think I would probably be, I would probably be honest with him because he understands certain things and that would allow him to have open conversation with me about it it would probably make him more apprehensive so I'm not really sure if I would fabricate or tell the truth interesting dilemma isn't it it very well it it is well Ah. with well Cassidy has had to be in the hospital because she had a kidney infection a couple years ago and she ended up having to spend well, she was in, she went in on Wednesday and they kept her till Saturday and she was like scared out of her mind. And I'm like, look, you just have an infection in your kidney. You're not going to die. They caught it in time, um, you know, because she had like, I had gone on vacation and I came back and she kept complaining of pain in her side and I took her temp. She had a high fever. So I you know, used Tylenol to try to bring the, the fever down. And by the next morning, she was complaining of her in of the pain in her side again. And I said, listen, I need to call the doctor. We went to the doctor. She said, you need to bring her up to the emergency room right now. Um, we spent like three hours in the waiting room. And this poor kid is like, she can't even move. You know, she's in such pain. And then we got, you know, she, we're going to have to put an IV in. She was a trooper. You know, she was, what, eight? Or was she seven going on eight? Whatever. Um, she just, we were like, we need to put an IV in. And she sat there and she watched them. They numbed the area first. And then they did it. But she didn't scream, yell, or holler. We told her everything that was going on. Um, everything, you know, when, when they put the IV in. Um, when they took blood, when we went down for a CAT scan, everything, we told her everything that was going on and she was fine with that. So she didn't want to leave the hospital because she, she was treated like a princess. They gave her oh. everything. <laughs> she was See, like, that's, you that's know? something that I, I just found out this week through the young man that writes for our autism newsletter. He wrote about it. Really the two are intertwined. He wrote a parental with a kidney transplant and he was, I shows you how dumb I am. I didn't know that they could numb the area where they're going to do like a blood draw or a needle insert. 
Oh yeah, they they put this I didn't, gel uh, on. You know, they I guess put, like they this never gel on it. But that's that's a good thing to know. Yeah, I guess you put just a gel on it, and then they cover it for a little while. Then they come back, they take whatever covering off, and it's totally numb. And they put it in. They put the needle in. That's good to know. Yep. Uh, I can use They had that to for... do it in both of her arms, and then they had to put the cat and the catheter. I keep calling it a catheter. Um, IV in the front of her hand, so they numbed that area too. So. But she thought it was cool because then we had to go back after she got out of the hospital to have an ultrasound of her kidneys to make sure there was no damage left. And she thought it was the coolest thing. She was like, can I get – they were showing her pictures of her kidneys and telling her where her liver was. And she thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And she's like, can I get pictures to show my friends? So the ultrasound tech printed her out like four or five pictures. And she actually brought them to school and showed her friends. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> but well, another another one we have here is, uh, yeah, if I could read it, telling the medical professionals about autism in your child, and this is for me. I always try to avoid conflict. Uh, I'll make a list of ASD reminders for a pediatrician, even though he's been with Joey since he was born, uh, and I'll tell him what triggers meltdowns for Joey. For instance, saying open wide and say, you know, uh, the first letter, yeah, thank you, is a surefire meltdown trigger because it's so the thing. Everybody does that. They even do it to adults. You know, it's the first thing that comes out of his mouth. So if I can stop him from doing that, you know, and, and saving the visit, I will. Um, and really, how could you blame the guy? He's done it before. And I'm like, shoot, I forgot to tell him, you know. So it never hurts to remind them. And just because it says, you know, autism on your child's chart, um, don't assume that that gives medical personnel all they need to know to no, deal kindly and effectively with your child during a procedure. And even with that note written on their chart, you'll find some personnel who don't have the slightest idea about our kids. And I have a, an example. Well, I told you about this, Eric. Uh, this is our third time in post-op. The other two were magnificent but this time our post-op nurse forced nurse ratchet nurse ratchet forced joey <laughs> to sit in a wheelchair by shoving him down into it by pushing on his shoulders you know it was like you will sit in this chair grabbed him by the shoulders and shoved him into this chair and my mouth was just like hanging open and i was do i want to say something to her do i just want to get the heck out of here you know i would have been like don't manhandle my kid uh, I probably would I would have gone off on her, but that's just me. Oh, I just wanted to get him out. So don't assume that the ASD label automatically brings extra kindness and understanding to your child at the hospital. All our kids are different, and the approach that may work with one may set off another. But like I said, it's in three, just like if you met one kid with ASD, you've met one kid with ASD. So they can't have a certain criteria because one, like, Cassidy and Garrett have display their symptoms differently and Joey displays his symptoms of his ASD and all three of our of our children combined have the same PDD-NOS diagnosis. You know what I'm saying? So you meet one kid with ASD doesn't necessarily mean that that next kid that comes along is going to have the same symptoms. Yeah. 
whatever. So it's up to the parent to educate that provider on their own child. That's that's true. I mean, you can't expect them to know to know everyone and every little thing. But I mean, I can honestly say in the three OR visits we've had in the past three months, everyone, with the exception of this grumpy nurse, were quite willing to bend over backwards and you know, can I help you? And are you lost? And would he like one of these? And would he like something to eat? And you know, just they really, really tried to to help us out and be understanding. So yeah. One bad after nurse ratchet. Yeah, <laughs> I probably yeah. would have knocked her out. I get, I would have been, you know, when I get stressed, my anxiety level goes through the roof, and I get really pissy. So I probably would have had him been having a panic attack and just knocked her out and had be dragged out by the cops. <laughs> so, but anyway, going on to our sponsorship tonight's. Podcast is sponsored by Kid Companions Jewelry. Kid Companions Jewelry benefits those who have an overwhelming urge to bite, chew, or fidget. The heart or circle-shaped pendants in various colors are stylish and discreet, allowing the user to fit in. They are worn around the neck on a 100% organic cotton lanyard, or clipped to clothing. Parents and occupational therapists recommend them as an age-appropriate chewy fidget that is safe and effective. They are BPA, phthalate, PVC, lead, and latex-free. Kid Companions Jewelry is made with FDA-approved materials sourced in the U.S. and Canada, made in Canada, and CE-marked. It is sold at www.kidcompanions.com. Once again, kidcompanions.com. So, we're on to random news stories. We're just plugging along here, Pam. Yeah, well, we have a commentary. I just stumbled on this tonight, right before the show, and I was not surprised, but it was kind of nice. Disney World wins Autism Awareness Award. Uh, it's a nice article, really. It's a blog on how uh, Disney World trains their employees in autism helpfulness. I think it's worth a look. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, not that they can't afford to, but <laughs> at least they do it. I know, right? So. I found one because I've been thinking a lot about bullying lately because it is the beginning of the school year, and I always worry about Cassidy and or Garrett getting bullied, which Garrett's already... Garrett got upset with Cassidy the other day for telling mom that he was being picked on at school. He got mad. I said, I just want to know because I care about you or whatever. But anyway, youths with autism are targets for bullying. According to a new study published in the American Medical Association's Archives of Pediatrics and Adolescent Medicine, 46.3% of youths with an autism spectrum disorder have been victims of bullying. You could find the link to that um, article in our show notes. Um, And then this one... Uh, reminded me of Cassidy because Cassidy is drawing all the time. It's her creative outlet, and she draws all the time. Um, Drawing becomes creative outlet for a boy with autism. 
uh, Michael David Alvarez, or David as he prefers to be called, has found that creating comic strips has helped him reach his potential in other areas. Joel Cordero of Child and Family Services of Fall River works one-on-one with David in his home. I'm also an artist. I have been all my life, Cordero says. I have lots of experience in putting together professionals professional works. This is a small way to help him realize his dreams. He is adamant about becoming a professional cartoonist. David 13 was diagnosed with autism a few years ago and has been working with Cordero for eight months. I really, or I guess Cordero really enjoys working with him and everything, but basically it goes on to say how, um, David's working on improving his interpersonal family relationships and building self-esteem. He's been able to follow directions from his father. So working with drawing and everything, things are starting to improve in other areas. But definitely check out that article in our show notes. (sighs) (laughs) So now we're on to commentary. Pam. We're on to commentary and I'm going to buzz through mine because... Joey's getting antsy here, and uh, again, this week we began the recovery period for Joey's second corneal transplant. The first one fell out, literally fell out. He is a behavior mess due to pain, fear from not being able to see, and disruption in his routine. He's deprived from all his favorite activities, which are visual, YouTube, videos, TV, etc., He has no interest in anything, even though we have music, books on tape, and other activities to do. He has no interest. The only thing he wants to do is script. Sometimes I cannot even exit his bedroom. He starts yelling, no leaving. Takes takes out his frustrations by banging on the wall beside his bed. Getting eye drops into a child with ASD is no easy feat. He does not understand why every time we go to the hospital, upon awakening, his vision is no better. And I suppose neither would I. Meeting at school this week to discuss what services he will need upon returning. Discussing having him homebound schooled here for a month. Then possible half-day schedule. He needs to get back into the routine for his well-being, shall we say, since I have an audience. He is so bored here. Most of the hospital personnel, with the exception of Nurse Ratchet, (laughs) we had him (laughs) post-op this visit, have been nice. He's not eating Lost about 30 pounds. I'm very worried, stressed out, and a definite case of caregiver burnout. Definitely. So yeah, I can just... tell by our phone conversations. <laughs> well, so are you. So we'll, you know, you have your reasons. I have mine. But Yeah, yeah you know, school started. Uh, Garrett's having a lot of transitions to deal with. Um, he is now taking, he's going to a new school. He is now taking the regular education bus. He doesn't like it, but I told him in time he'll get used to it. Uh, he cried for the first few days um, because number one, he didn't want he didn't want to go to school. You know, transition the beginning of the school year is hard for everybody, let alone our ASD kids. Um, but Garrett cried. I cried when I saw him crying and. You know, gave him the I love you sign and made sure he felt comfortable. He's going to a new K through 8 school, which is kindergarten through 8th grade. And his sister's on the bus with him. And even though she doesn't want to sit on the bus with him, she's been doing it because she's a good big sister. Um, Cassidy's back in in therapy. 
because um, she's displaying some issues and we need to get her in check. Um, I'm going in for surgery on Wednesday and uh, Garrett mentioned in our last therapy session that he was really nervous about mommy going into surgery because he was afraid that the hospital people would come to the door and, and tell him that mommy died. So between my his therapist and I, we said, well, what kind of therapy or what kind of surgery do you think that mommy's having? And he's like, I don't know, something to do with smoking. And we said, we both chuckled a little bit. We said, um, Garrett, I said, listen, Garrett, mommy's going in to have some of her female parts removed. Cause that was the only way I could tell him, you know, I didn't want to go into great detail. I said, but I'm not, I'm not going to die. Everything will be fine. It's just a little surgery. I'll be out by the next day and mommy will be home. You're just going to have to help me around the house, whatever. And he came back with, oh, you're going to have some female parts removed. Does that mean you're still going to be a female? And the therapist and I tried hard, very hard not to burst out laughing. And we said, no, mommy's still going to be a female. You'll be fine. You know, Pepe will take care of you. Cassidy will be there. You'll get on, you know, you're still going to go to school. Everything will be fine. I'm worried about the kids while I'm going to be in the hospital because I want to make sure that Pepe has the routine down. So I'm going to have to write every single little thing down and post it on the wall or post it somewhere where he can see it. So make sure Garrett takes his medication, make sure they get up for school in time and get ready for school in time to get out for the bus, make sure he knows what the routine is for the day. And, um, but after much prodding emails, phone calls, I finally got a meeting with the school on Monday to talk to the school psychologist, the special education teacher, because it is a brand new school. I don't know the special education teacher. I don't know the school psychologist. I know the teacher because for this is for Garrett, because Cassidy had this teacher as at when she was in second grade and she's an excellent teacher. She helped me get Cassidy on a 504 plan and helped me with potty training with Cassidy. So I was able to talk to the teacher too. And I gave her a little background on Garrett and um, also meet with the principal. Now I know the principal too, because he's the same principal that was at the old green Hills. And this is now the new green Hills. They knocked down the old green Hills and now it's K through eight. So at least I know two people. I just need to know the other two people. But the school psychologist seems a little bitchy towards, seems a little bitchy. Um, and I, I did hear some things through the grapevine feedback about her, but I'm trying to take that with a grain of salt and go in there with an open mind and, you know, just have a conversation about Garrett really quick and express my concerns bring them up to date about Garrett and there you go. But they have a school-wide behavioral plan that everybody in the school from kindergarten through eighth grade uh, have to follow and it's called SHARP and the S means safe, the H means honest, the A means always respectful, the R means responsible and the P means productive. So kids at Green Hills are SHARP. 
And the teacher also implemented a behavior plan that goes along with sharp. And they have one, two, three, four, five colors. They could start on green. Everybody starts on green at the beginning of the day. And if you don't get any warnings or anything, you graduate to blue because you had super behavior all day. Well, Garrett got yellow the other day. He, he, he was, uh, and it was very honorable of him because he came to me as soon as he got off the bus. I was on yellow today, mom. And then by the time we got to the house, he was telling me that he had squatted on his chair or stood on his chair, as he put it, and yelled out, this is boring. And then he got his shark neck, shark tooth necklace taken away with it from him because he took it off and was playing with it. So he was honest with me. Um, and I didn't realize until I read, reread the, the individual classrooms behavior plan um, that I was supposed to go, I guess they have it in his, the front of his um, planner, and I was supposed to look at it every day to see what color they were on. he was on because the teacher marks it off, and then I'm supposed to sign it. So now I'll have to start looking at it every day. But uh, And then the teacher was telling me that the school psychologist um, took the behavior plan that's in Garrett's IEP and just basically gave it to her and didn't explain it to her or they didn't go over it. So we're probably going to go over it in the meeting on Monday. And she's trying to figure out how to mix all the school-wide, the classroom, and his behavior plan together. So, you know, we'll see what happens this year. I think Garrett's, this is a great start to a new a new year, new school. He said he's very shy. Nobody in the class talks to him except the teacher. He's having some difficulties making friends, but he'll get there. My vision for him is to eventually no longer need special education services. So, But anyway, Pam, I'd like to thank you for being on the show tonight. You're welcome. And My thank pleasure. Joe. Thank Joey for being a good helper. Joey, Miss Erica said thank you for being a good helper. Okay? <laughs> and just like, He's just like, yeah, that. whatever, Mom. Are you done yet? Yeah. Hurry. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> We're almost done, Joey. But anyway, you can check us out at our website at autismwarriors.com. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash autismwarriors. You can... Uh, Email us at feedback at sayitproductions.com. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. Our Twitter is sayitprods. Our G Plus account is gplus.to backslash autism warriors. We're live every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review our show. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.